Well, right now, you might be thinking ahead, maybe trying to plan a spring break trip, maybe a big summertime vacation. And others, well, you might have even bigger plans, like deciding this is the year you're finally going to retire. But this type of planning is years in the making and figuring out the long-term financial plan includes thinking about your social security. Now, this is a big topic and joining me this morning to sort all of it out and tell us also the number one mistake when starting social security. It's our good friend, Ashley Mishike, CEO at True North Retirement Advisors. Good morning, Ashley. You're right. This is a big topic. So let's talk about this social security and the payments. There is a magic number of years that we need to work to collect the full benefits. So how do you figure that out? Yes, good question. So, and I think, you know, what we just talked about, always focus on what the things that you can control that are within your control. And so, uh, you know, what happens with the Social Security Trust Fund isn't. But one of the things that is within your control, to some extent at least, is how long you work. And so the magic number of working years that you want to keep in mind for maxing out your Social Security benefits is 35. So the Social Security will use your use your highest 35 working years. And so if you didn't work 35 years, they're actually going to use a zero for each year that you had without earnings. And, you know, this isn't applicable to everybody because lots of your listeners, I'm sure, you know, maybe stayed at home raising children and they're not going to get anywhere near that, which is why when they look at their benefit amount, they see that it's significantly reduced, especially if they have a higher earning spouse who worked all those years. But where this comes into, um, where this becomes relevant is if you're close to retirement and you worked, say, 33 or 34 years, keep that number in mind because, again, if you didn't have that full work number of 35 working years but you're close, um, you know, working that extra year or so can, can make a small difference in your, in your benefit amount. And another reason why working longer helps is because most people in their last working years, those are office th- often their highest earnings years as well. Got it. So because they use your highest 35 earnings years, it'll kick out those years maybe in your 20s where you were, you know, making much money, but maybe in your late 50s, early 60s, you are, you know, you're, you could be at your highest income ever, and that's likely. And so you, by each additional working year, especially if you're at or close to or above 35 years, that's only going to serve to increase your benefit amount. Ashley Mishike is joining us today. She is the CEO of True North Retirement Advisors, helping us break open and understanding this maze of Social Security benefits. Will you do say something interesting there? Because I would fall into that category as a being the spouse that stayed home for quite a number of years to raise the family. And I recognize the sacrifices that we made financially in order for that to happen and compare it against the ability to stay home and raise a family. Well, I don't think that there's any comparison there that I did the right thing. However, am I going to now suffer because I'm not going to meet that level or is there a spousal benefit opportunity or pathway that helps me increase that fund? Yes. Good question. Yeah. And for, for couples who are married, uh, it's very common 
the situation you're describing where one spouse, you know, maybe worked throughout their adult life and the other spouse had gaps in employment or stayed at home for a while or, you know, doesn't have that full amount. And so their their social security income is going to be less. So what I typically recommend for married couples in that situation where one has a higher benefit, higher earnings than the other, is to utilize what's called a split strategy. And usually what that involves is the lower income earning spouse who's going to have the lower social security benefit, they would start their social security benefits first. Let's say they file for benefit at at their full retirement age, age 67, maybe even earlier than that. Whenever that is, they file for benefits. And if, if possible, what that allows is for the higher income earning spouse to continue to defer and allow their social security benefit amount to grow. And you can do that up until age age 70. So, but but the bottom line is the longer that the higher earning spouse waits, the the more you're going to benefit from waiting and utilizing that split strategy. The other thing too is that let's say you file for benefits as the lower income earning spouse at 67, your spouse is able to wait until age 70. Because they've locked in that higher benefit, if you as the lower income earning spouse outlives them, when they die, their benefit gets transferred to you and now you collect on their benefit. So it has okay. immediate term implications, but also long term implications too. Um, you know, because if the higher earning spouse was, was the husband, uh, chances are the the wife is going to outlive him, just statistically speaking anyway. So you can use it as a way to ensure that your surviving spouse is going to collect more benefits uh, if if they outlive you as well. All right. As I said in the opening, there is a number one mistake that people often make when starting Social Security. Ashley, tell us what is that? Yes, it's collecting Social Security benefits while you are still working. I actually see this a lot. So um, I know lots of clients who, for various reasons, a lot of it, it comes down to fear. I can think of at least two people I know just off the top of my head who thought that, you know, Social Security is running out of money. I better get it while I can. And so they're still working at, say, age 62 or 65 or 68, and then they start collecting benefits. Well, the problem is, is that, that those benefits, most of your Social Security income is taxable. So it just gets lumped in with your other income if you're still working, and it can end up putting you in a higher tax bracket. You owe more taxes on it. And so more of your Social Security benefit, along with your other income, just gets taxed away to Uncle Sam anyway. So I would, if you're still working and contemplating starting Social Security, I would figure out a way to delay that while you're still working. It's just too big of a monthly income stream for most people in retirement to lock in a lower benefit and have it all be, not all, but, you know, have a good chunk of it be taxed away anyways. Wow. All right. Good thing to know. Ashley, it is all such wonderful information. And then lastly, before we go, there are a few things that someone should do uh, when starting to evaluate their Social Security options. What are those things? Yeah, the very first thing someone should do is log into the ssa.gov, which is where you can download your benefit statement. It's pretty simple. It's quick and easy. They don't mail those out anymore, so you have to go online and get your copy online. But it's very simple and easy to do, and I would recommend doing that 
because if you haven't seen your benefit statement in a long time, it'll show you exactly what your estimate estimated income is if you take it anywhere from age 62 to 70. And so if you're married, I would do that for yourself and your spouse. And so you can see side by side what those benefits look like. And, and that's, that's the, you're arming yourself now with the information to then make a more informed decision about when you might want to start Social Security. All right. Well, just while you were talking there, I clicked over here on my screen and I typed in ssa.gov and right there at the top of the page, my social security account pops up, allows you to access that information. Well, all great information as always, Ashley. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Brenda.